0: welcome to wholehearted coaching the podcast if you're looking for more purpose more passion more joy in your life then you have come to the right place i am your host coach and life alchemist sharin eskandani and i have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives this podcast is where mindset mindfulness and manifestation meet Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at WholeheartedCoaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me, whether that's one on one in one of my group programs or one of my transformational courses, you can head to my website wholehearted-coaching.com/offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's episode is all about self-growth and healing. More specifically, it's about common misconceptions and myths about what our self-growth healing journey is supposed to look like, feel like, and what the end result of all of this quote-unquote work is supposed to be. This is an episode that I really hope you'll come back to, love. It's an episode that I really enjoyed thinking about and working on because I needed to hear these reminders, the reminders that I'm going to talk about in this episode myself. You know, on our journey of healing, and growth, it can be really easy to get swept up in what we think we're supposed to do, to get swept up in the social media of it all, into what the gurus are saying, what the teachers are saying, and to forget that this is our journey. Love, this growth and healing journey that you are on, and I know that you're on it because you are part of the wholehearted community, it is your journey, yours and yours alone. And when you realize that, you will realize that no one knows better than you do when it comes to your healing. You will realize that your healing and growth journey is not going to look like anyone else's. You are going to realize that this healing and growth journey has no end, that it is continual and beautiful and magical and maddening and frustrating and so worth it. So in this episode, I am taking The top misconceptions that I see us stumble on, and I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to break down how we can reframe our healing journey. We're talking about healing and growth because, love, I have a very big announcement. The doors to my membership, the Alchemy Collective, are officially open. The Alchemy Collective is my 12-month membership that shows you how to bring back your sovereignty and agency in your wellness and growth journey. As part of the collective, you get five group coaching calls a month. We used to have three. We've added two bonus calls, and those calls are for our BIPOC community and for our caretaker community. You get a monthly private podcast, monthly journal prompts, monthly somatic practices, Access to my library of meditations and tapping videos and every equinox and solstice, we hold a beautiful retreat where I invite some of my favorite leaders, thinkers, visionaries in the world of wellness and growth. Also this year, we are adding the opportunity to win free one-on-one calls with me. The Alchemy Collective was created because I know, love, that you know best when it comes to your healing and growth journey. But sometimes on that journey, we need a little bit of support, inspiration, and guidance. And that's what you'll find in the Alchemy Collective. I get it. It can be so overwhelming as we embark on this journey of growth. There's so many different books and tools and ideas and apps. And sometimes it can be very easy to just become overwhelmed by it all and give up. Love, in the Alchemy Collective, you will find something that will anchor you, that will ground you, that will allow for your beautiful, expansive growth. Whether that is in our group coaching calls, whether that is with the tapping videos, our retreats, or with our incredible community. The Alchemy Collective is all about showing you that you are your own healer and leader love. This month, we're actually celebrating the one-year anniversary of The Collective. It's been one year since we first started, and I cannot tell you how incredible it has been to be a witness to the amazing community and growth that I have seen in The Alchemy Collective. Love, if you want some help, support, guidance, inspiration on your healing and growth journey, if you want to be in community with me and other like-hearted and like-minded women, then I really hope you will check out the Alchemy Collective. The doors will close on October 30th. If you want to find out more, head to wholehearted-coaching.com alchemy or just head to the show notes. And as a special bonus in this episode, I've included an interview with one of our current Alchemy Collective members so you can hear from them Why they love the collective so much, why they join the collective, and what they have found in the collective. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Let's start with our very first myth. This myth is something that I think a lot of us can forget at times. The myth is the point of healing and growth isn't to become a better version of yourself. The point of healing and growth is to come back to a truer, version of yourself. So when I embarked on this self-growth journey about, now seven or eight years ago, I thought that the end result was going to be a better, shinier version of who I was, like Sharin 2.0. And at the beginning, it really did feel that way. I was learning all these amazing tools, gaining these great lessons and concepts, and I was like, yes, Sharin 2.0, here I come. And to me, Sharin 2.0 meant that I would be this person who never got things wrong. I'd never feel negative emotions. I would always say and do the right things. I wouldn't procrastinate. I wouldn't self-sabotage. That I would be this like walking, talking goddess, grounded, assured, courageous all of the time. And the deeper I got into my healing journey... I was like, um, wait a second, uh, that is not what's happening here, <laughs> right? I was gaining a lot of amazing tools and awareness, and I could apply those tools and awareness to my day-to-day situations, but I started to realize that, one, there's no end to our self-growth journey, right? That, like, there was no Shirin 2.0 at the end of all of this. It's a continual process, and, and we're going to get more into that later. But more importantly, that a lot of the same feelings, habits, emotions, thoughts, and fears that I had at day one seemed to still be with me. Like they weren't going anywhere. I wasn't able to erase them or delete them. What I realized in that moment is that what I was learning with these tools and concepts and ideas on my self growth journey, those tools and ideas and concepts were allowing me. To navigate those emotions and feelings and thoughts that didn't feel so awesome in a really healthy way so that they became less strong, less forceful, less manipulative. I went from, you know, my fears running my life to learning how to navigate those moments where I was really fearful and scared. You know, I went from having my wounds be what dictated my life trajectory to being able to be present with my wounds and to tend to them and be present with them in a way that was really incredibly healing. And this is where I really started to ask myself, okay, well, what is this self-growth journey about? Is it really about becoming a better version of me? Is it really about right, deleting, erasing that old version of me? And that's when I started to question the idea of self-betterment or improvement. I actually no longer use those words. I don't know if you're aware of that, but on this podcast, I do not use those words self-betterment or improvement. I mean, listen, I may slip up here and there because I'm human, but let's think of that idea. If you think of the idea of being a better version of you, that kind of implies that the old version of you was kind of trash, right? It's like, I hate diet culture, but it's the idea of the before and after picture implying that one body is more superior and better than another, that one body is not as worthy or valuable or lovable. And so if we're thinking of that in the context of our self-growth journey, whenever we say self-betterment or self-improvement, we're implying that an old version of ourselves wasn't really good to begin with. And love, that's not what self-growth and healing is about. If anything, the power of growth and healing is that it shows you that you are perfect just as you are and that you have always been whole. That you do not need fixing. What I discovered on my self-healing journey was that the version of me who embarked on this journey was perfect just as she was. And what I discovered along the journey was all of the tools that I needed to embrace all the parts of me. The parts of me that I thought needed fixing, the parts of me that I thought weren't good, the parts of me that I thought I needed to get rid of, what I found on this journey is how to love and accept and embrace them because they are a part of me. So when we talk about betterment, it almost seems like we have to deny to create some sort of hierarchy on who we are and who we are becoming. But love, this self-growth journey you're on, this healing journey you are on, it's all equal. It's about embracing every single version of yourself because they were doing the best that they could with everything that they had been given. I do not believe our self-growth journey is a journey to become better. I truly believe that our journey is really about being able to become in touch with the most true version of who we are. The version of ourselves who knows that they are loved, accepted, and whole the version of ourselves who trusts themselves, who loves themselves, who fully embraces themselves. So when you are thinking about your self-growth journey, I really want you to become aware of this myth, this myth that there is a better version of yourself that you are chasing. No, love, there is no better. There is just the version of you who is here in this moment, trying their very damn best. And the beauty of our healing journey is it allows us To embrace every version of ourselves. So that's myth number one. Myth number two. Let me tell you, I thought that another purpose of our self growth journey was to never feel any bad emotions, ever, right? To never think negative things, to never feel negative things, to always be this positive, peppy person. And let me tell you, I think you know the answer to this. That's not what self-growth and healing is all about. But listen, sometimes we can forget that. So I want to really remind you about this one. So the beginning of my healing and growth journey was rough. Like I think for most of us, it was really difficult because I was unpacking so much. Things that I had never, ever thought about, had put away in a box and did not want to look at ever again. I was working through the muck. And it was so hard. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's a lot of ugly tears. It's a lot of grief. It's a lot of sadness. But then at some point, something starts to shift and you start to feel lighter and clearer. And there's more joy and happiness than before like this real, genuine, present joy. And it's this incredible rush, right? Like you go from doing this really incredibly difficult, deep, Work and then, like, the joy comes like the sun beaming on you. And you're like, Yes, I am doing self growth right because I feel amazing. I'm in my joy. And then, of course, life happens, right? Something happens. I don't know what it is. Someone ghosts you. You don't get the job. You make a mistake. And all of a sudden, all of that joy, that happiness, that clarity is like gone. And you start to panic. Like I remember this. I I can't tell you what that first circumstance was that overwhelmed me, but I can tell you how it felt. I panicked. And this is something they don't tell you on your self-growth journey is that the first dip that you have after doing an intensive amount of work, and then you feel that joy and that presence, that first dip that you have feels almost lower than any other dip you've ever had before. It feels more intense than anything you've ever experienced, right? It's like being at the height of a roller coaster and then all of a sudden just dropping down. It's a shock. Okay. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe it hasn't happened yet, but I just want to forewarn you or commiserate with you, right? That like, wow, that first dip really is a shocker. It's a doozy. And this is because before embarking on self-work, so many of us are living our lives like there's a dimmer switch on. And that dimmer switch is always set to the halfway point or maybe even the quarter point, right? So if you turn off all the lights, it's not such a shock. But when you've engaged in self work for a while, it's like you're moving that dimmer switch higher and higher. And so when you have that first dip, it's like the lights are completely gone. You can't see anything. So here I was in the dark, feeling much lower than I ever had before. And I started to really. Judge myself. I started to think I wasn't doing the work right, that I was regressing, that I was backtracking. And this is because of this misconception. I had thought the point of all this self growth BS was to feel amazing all of the time, that life would magically become perfect and that I would become this perfect human being, that I would never feel negative emotions, that I would never think negative things. And I had created a hierarchy in my head that certain feelings were better than others. And I'd created a narrative that if I felt the better feelings, I was doing a great job at healing. And if I felt those other feelings, then I was failing. So joy was better than sadness. Happiness was better than anger. Certainty was better than confusion. So when I would feel anything less than better, I would run, I would repress, I would use all of my new self-growth tools to avoid feeling the discomfort instead of using those tools to process the feelings of discomfort. And I see this with my clients all the time, right? Especially when we're focusing on mindset or manifestation, they want to skip the uncomfortable feelings. They want to go to the tools that they have now. They want to go to that cerebral stuff. How do I change this emotion? What's the affirmation I I should say? So love, here is what I want to tell you. We cannot skip over the feelings. I once heard the word emotion described as energy and motion, and I love that description because that is what emotions are. They're this energy in our body that has to go somewhere. It has to be processed or channeled some way. And if it's not channeled or processed in a healthy way, it can manifest in really destructive forms. Sometimes we lash at others. More often than not, we lash out towards ourselves. Love, what I learned on my self-growth journey is that all the feelings are supposed to be part of it. There is no hierarchy. There is no good or bad. There is just wisdom underneath each feeling. And so instead of good and bad, I often say to myself, comfortable and uncomfortable, right? And so when something feels uncomfortable, I know that there's something there that I can look at, that I can tend to when I have the capacity, right? And so I really want to remind you here that on the self-growth journey, you're supposed to feel all of the feelings. I once heard a coach say that a full, expansive, incredible life is going to be 50% amazing and 50% not so amazing. And so what our self-growth journey allows us to do is it gives us the tools to be present when life is wonderful and amazing and savor the crap out of it and tools to navigate the moments where it's difficult and hard and you get overwhelmed. I have to share with you, but one of my favorite client testimonials ever, it was just an email this client said to me. And she sent it and said, "Sharin, I just had the most crap day of my life. I was on my way to a job interview that I was looking forward to. And I kid you not, I got a flat tire. And then I had to wait for a truck to come help me. It was raining. It was terrible. It was horrible. And throughout it all, I was able to be so kind to myself. I didn't make it part of some story. I was able to process all the feelings that came my way and be present and to be able to move through it. Now this, this is a sign of someone who is doing the work in such a beautiful, accepting way. Healing doesn't mean that everything around us and within us is magically fixed forever. Healing means that when stuff gets broken, we know how to tend to it. So love, remember this. All the emotions are valid. They're needed. There's wisdom underneath it. But trust that as you are on your healing journey, you are going to learn and have the right tools and concepts and ideas to navigate all of your emotions. All right. Third myth. The myth is that there is an end to our self-growth or healing journey. Okay, love, I'm going to break this down for you. There's no end. There's no end. It's just this continual process. And I know that that sounds like, oh my God, when do I get to get off this thing? But I want to share with you some reframes that have really, really helped me. My favorite is one that I heard one of my good friends and colleagues, Aaliyah Lovely, share. And she describes our healing journey as this big circle. And this big circle in which we often come back to the same things, the same wounds, the same thoughts, the same feelings throughout our life. And every time that we cycle through, that we find that trigger again, we have different tools and concepts and ideas to navigate through it. So that perhaps the next time, that wound is a little less tender or raw. And sometimes, you know, you'll come back to the wound and it's just as big and bad as ever, but you have the tools to move through it. And we often see on Instagram, these graphs that people show about what healing and growth and going towards your goals is supposed to look like. And it's like, you're here and it's at one end of the square. And then this is your goal, which is at the other end of the square. And the line to it isn't straight. It's just up and down and all over the place. And that's what our healing and growth journey is about. This reminder is such an important one. And and it's one that I think we rationally know, right? That I'm on this journey for life. But sometimes we need that reminder. That reminder of the circle. That reminder of the squiggly line that's going all over the place. Love. There is no end to this journey. It's just one beautiful, maddening, amazing, and frustrating unfolding. Another myth I want to share with you, and it's something I'm really reflecting on right now, is that oftentimes we think that our self-growth and healing is found in the really big and grand moments, right? That these pinnacle moments in our lives where we reach a goal or we accomplish something is a sign that we are healing, that we are on that self-growth journey, right? Like once I get that job, that promotion, that partner. And what I have found to be true is that Those moments where you really realize that the growth is working, that the work is working, that it's all happening, are so small. It's the moment when your mom says something and instead of reacting right away, you just pause and take a deep breath. It's the moment when you send an email to the wrong person and instead of berating yourself, you take a moment and you send compassion to yourself. It's that moment when you generally wouldn't have trusted yourself in the past, when you realize, oh my gosh, I really trust myself. This weekend, I just went to this incredible retreat. And the retreat was called The Art of Self-Remembrance with Tracy Stanley. She's incredible. She's such an incredible healer. And I was reflecting and journaling about the weekend. And I wrote something that really stood out to me. I wrote down, I really enjoy my own company. Now, that may seem like a frivolous statement. It's not. I don't think I could have ever said that about myself 10 years ago. I really enjoy being in my own company. I like how I am. I like how I think. I'm fun. I'm curious. I love to be with myself. And that was one of those tiny little moments where I was like, holy crap, the work is working. So this myth love is a reminder to really look at those small moments that seemingly seem so simple and that you could just brush them off. They're not love. They're so not. Those small moments are what shift our experience of life. They are what transform the trajectory of our lives. So really look for those small, subtle changes. They're so big. All right, now we're rounding out to our final two misconceptions or myths. The penultimate myth is that you do not know what is best for you. That you have to seek and search for the answers outside of yourself, from teachers and leaders and experts who supposedly know what's best for you and your life. And love, that's some BS. Because truly, you are your own healer and leader. That is the tagline for the Alchemy Collective. And that's what we do in the membership, is reminding you of who you are, that ultimate healer and leader in your life. I created the Collective because of what I experienced when I first embarked on my own self-growth journey. I found myself in so many spaces in which I was told that I didn't know what was best for me. And that I should read this book or do this thing or take this class, and then I would find the answer, then I would be healed. And I would get so much conflicting information. A lot of the information was great, but a lot of the information didn't seem to reflect who I was and didn't really honor my background as a first generation immigrant woman, someone who'd experienced trauma. But because I was in spaces and rooms with people who had you know an amazing track record and background and books and amazing social media presences i thought well well what do i know what's best for me they must know better they must know better than i do and in that process i experienced a lot of harm i experienced a lot of overwhelm and that trust that i was so seeking in my growth journey right i just wanted to trust myself i wasn't finding it right Because I was embarking on my journey thinking that everyone else knew what was better for me. And love, they do not. You know what is best for you. You know what nourishes you. You know what feels good to you. You know what feels supportive to you. You know what inspiration feels and looks like to you. This is about not putting yourself in spaces and working with people and being in community with people that make you feel like... You need to fix yourself that you are not perfect and whole and amazing just as you are. You know, I talk about this often, but we really need to look at why we are embarking on our self growth journey. Is it from abundance or from lack? Are we trying to embark on our healing journey because we think we need to be fixed, or are we embarking on it because we are seeking even more wholeness? When you find those people who remind you that you are whole just as you are and invite you in to become even more whole. Those are the spaces of love that I want you to revel in, that I want you to just embrace wholeheartedly. And of course, I'm going to put this out there, but this is what you will find in the Alchemy Collective. This is how we look at healing and growth, that you are the sovereign, that you are the leader, that you are the healer. And all we're doing in the collective is empowering you and supporting you and inspiring you with ideas and tools and concepts and practitioners and different rituals that can allow you to fully embody that inner healer and leader within. When I really understood, you know, this idea that, oh, I know what's best for me and I am my own healer and leader. That didn't mean that you know I stopped working with people, that I stopped going to workshops and reading books. No, let me tell you, you look at my bookshelf, it is full. I just came back right from a retreat where I worked with an incredible practitioner. But I really learned to trust my instincts. I learned to trust what spaces were best for me, to trust when to stop, to trust when to say yes, to trust which communities felt good for me. And that is what this whole journey is about. It's that sense of, I know what's best, and really trusting that. Now we're in our final myth. The final myth is that you're supposed to heal and grow on your own. Oh, no, 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 love. This healing and growth journey is supposed to be done in community. Again, that's why I created the Alchemy Collective. Because what I was finding was that you know my one-on-one clients were doing great but my clients who were in my group coaching programs who were in wholehearted women they seemed to embrace the ideas in a more embodied way they seemed to be able to move and motivate themselves in a different energy and i was like what is going on here and i realized it was because they were doing this work in community with others let me tell you one of the most sobering Realizations that you will make on your self growth journey is that a lot of people that you love, a lot of people that you spend a lot of time with in your personal life, they're not on the same journey, right? They're not speaking the same language. They're not thinking about the same things you are. They're perhaps not sharing the same values that you are now really embodying. And it's so tough, right? Because you start to realize that those people, that community that brought you to this point in life, maybe they're not the ones who are going to take you to the next point. And this doesn't mean that we're going to get rid of them, that we need to not have them in our lives, but it means that we then need to also have people who are able to support us in this next chapter of our lives. You know, there's a scientific study that says 95% of our like motivation and what we do in life is dictated by our community, by the people around us what they are saying, what they are doing, not even what they're saying and doing with us, but what they are saying and doing in their own lives. We've all had that moment where we realize, oh my gosh, this current community, it is not going to cut it. It's not going to allow me to get to where I want to go. And that is why healing and growth in community, it's just so transformational. It is so incredibly powerful because you realize that you are not alone. You realize that while, you know, your lived experience is so specific and unique to you that others, other people who look like they are perfect and amazing and never struggle with anything, that they are oftentimes thinking the same way you are, feeling the same way you are, different contexts and situations, but that you are not the only weirdo who still thinks they don't deserve the things that they have in life, who still thinks that they are not enough, even though you have done so much in life. There is so much power in realizing you're not alone and that, in fact, you are in the most amazing company. This is why healing and growth work so incredibly well in community. You realize you're not alone and you then have the support and the inspiration of a like-hearted and like-minded community around you. Love, this is what the collective, what the alchemy collective is all about. If what I have said today has resonated with you, I really do hope you will check out The Collective. If you want to find out more, you can head to wholehearted-coaching.com slash alchemy or go to the show notes. The doors are going to be closing, however, on September 30th. Now, I want to end our episode with an interview from a current Alchemy Collective member. I wanted you to hear firsthand from them, why they love the community so much, why they join the community, what they're getting out of the community in the collective. Because you know me, I think the collective is the most incredible thing ever. But it's one thing for me to say it, but it's another thing to hear it from someone who is in the space, doing the work, and really enjoying it. So I hope you will enjoy this interview, love. So I am so excited to introduce you to Athena. She is a member of the Alchemy Collective, and she is just such a light in our community. And we're going to be talking about her experience there and some other things as well. You'll hear about it at the end of the call, because now Athena is going to be very much part of the community in the collective. But first of all, hi, Athena.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I tried really hard not to make an obnoxious noise. So I'm actually patting myself on the back for not doing an air horn (laughs) instead of just saying hello.
0: (laughs) I wish we had an air horn. So Athena, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I am Jamaican American. I also am a former self-help junkie, (laughs) which I feel like is very connected to what you do.
0: That might actually be it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. So, child of immigrants, Mm -hmm. and you definitely like in the world of self growth and self development, reading all the books, all the podcasts, like into it. Mm -hmm. So, my first question to you is you know, before joining the collective, what were you kind of maybe looking for? Right? We'll get to why you joined the collective, but what were you maybe looking for in that world of wellness and growth that maybe you weren't finding? Yeah. Mm
1: So, I will say as a healer myself, working also in the healing space, I really felt like I needed a container where I wasn't in charge of holding space for other people. Naturally, it's going to it's going to happen, but I definitely needed a container where I wasn't leading that effort per se. And at the exact moment when I found out about you, I had been very burnt and burnt out by business containers. And so at that point, I had made a pact with myself that for a whole year, I was not gonna take any more business courses. And so when I first heard about the Alchemy Collective, I was like, how is this supposed to help me run my business now? And then all of your messaging was like, no. Whatever results you get out of this are really up to you. And it's really focused on healing and, you know, self-leadership and self-compassion. And so that was a huge thing that I was looking for is just a container that was not secretly about growing my business <laughs> and was going to give me space to to be held.
0: I love that. So I, I actually really resonate with that story too, right? As someone who, whether you identify as a healer or you're just someone who really helps a lot of people in your community, which I think uh, a lot of our community members in the collective would self-identify as that, like that rock that people turn to Um, and finding a space in which you can just be and you can show up however you want to. And it's not even in service of anything that has to be productive, right? Because I think there are a lot of containers where it's like, you know, your next six figure launch or Mm -hmm. how to, you know, do this better or that faster. And just finding something the collective was just about, you and how you want to show up and whatever you want to do and however you want to be. So what would you say was about the collective? And I know you touched on this, but what spoke to you about the collective? What kind of drew you to the community?
1: I'm going to start external and then go internal. Your messaging was really attractive, not only because it came from a perspective that I share, right? Like definitely a child of immigrant, definitely a woman of color we're not doing fluffy stuff here, (laughs) but also you just, you didn't make any promises. And for me, that was really important because sometimes I can get attached to other people's vision of what happens. And then when that doesn't happen, I feel disappointed. And so there was a level of psychological safety that I personally felt going in because I was like, okay, I don't have, no one is putting expectations on this space for me which means I get to develop it fully on my own. Internally, I was really drawn to your definitions around wellness, around leadership and healing. I felt that there was a certain level of intention and autonomy that was going to be in this space. And I would say that was really important for me and that was a huge aspect of my decision.
0: I love that everything you kind of said reflects kind of the main reasons why I created the collective because I felt like sometimes in the wellness space we're not told that we actually should have autonomy and agency over our own growth. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we can't be seeking out people to help us, right? That I think we all need mentors and guides and and support and community as we do it, but like I really was aiming to create something where you felt like I know best what's best for me. And there's all these different things that are part of this program and I can show up however I want to. And I can take this and take that. And if this doesn't resonate, I'm not going to, you know, rock with it or whatever. But I love that. that. Was- oh, yes. You want to say one more thing?
1: Yes. There was a grounded approach to it all. These things come back to you not making promises, which is an issue I have with the wellness space, generally speaking. Yes, But it felt very grounded that we were going to have discussions that were not in a vacuum. We were going to have discussions that could account for the multiple layers of not only personhood, but okay, society is talking about this. We're not going to pretend like we can ignore that. And that was very important to me. When it comes to like your work around manifestation, part of why it feels so grounded to me is because you acknowledge the societal factors that a person has to go through, and so it doesn't feel like you're trying to bypass very real institutions, <laughs>
0: while also helping us to dream. I love that. Yes, self growth I think is attainable for all of us, but if we don't discuss right what's happening in society oppressive systems, right? Patriarchy, supremacy. Like if we don't discuss that, then I think we're leaving out a huge part of the equation. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it almost seems even more unattainable or attainable in a very like inauthentic way. So I love that. So Athena, I think you've been part of the collective now for a year. What have you found there? What have you found in the collective? I found a lot of wisdom.
1: It's so beautiful the way that when we're all sharing with each other one person will say the vulnerable thing and it just sparks so many moments of wisdom from everyone else on the call and it's been a really beautiful it's one of those like beautiful spaces where everyone gets to be their weirdo and yes. also there's a through line that we can all connect to
0: yes And so what would you say, I think I think I kind of know the answer or maybe one of the answers, but what are some of your favorite parts of the collective then?
1: The breakout rooms. (laughs) Yes. I love when we get to have smaller group discussions as we are moving through like prompts or just ideas. And then when we come back together in the bigger group, you know, there's like that little extra bit of bravery, because you just kind of crystallize it. And now you want to crystallize it again. And now you're getting five more perspectives. And that has been one of my favorite parts. I would also say the retreats. Yeah, we have the virtual. Retreats. Yeah,
0: We have virtual retreats, every solstice and equinox. And I bring in some of my favorite healers and leaders and visionaries. And we always focus on something. So sometimes I'll teach some of the workshops. So we did manifestation. What do you love about the retreats, my love?
1: Well first of all I like the different themes. It's really cool. I think the spring one was
0: Spring summer. Was manifestation. Summer was like it was hot girl summer so we had Chrissy King came and talked about body liberation and then we had Dr. UC who who was all about like sex and pleasure. I love <laughs> I love those classes. Both of them were amazing, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I like the different themes and how well they encompass the season. Probably my favorite Retreat was the winter solstice.
0: Yeah. Primarily because of Asha Frost. Yes. She led us on this visualization. Oh my God, bear medicine. It was incredible. We were like all I feel like we were all in tears by the end of that. Big time. Big time. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was all it was a wet season, yes. I'll tell you that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I love the retreats too. And yeah, I'm just so glad you love them. Cause for me, I wanted to create a platform for people that I was like, these are legit people in wellness that we need to be learning from and listening to. I love that. Um, So Athena, Mm -hmm. in your like day-to-day or in your life, like how do you think the Alchemy Collective plays a part in that? Like what have you seen in your life where you can kind of attribute it to some of the stuff or the things that we do and talk about in the collective?
1: Mm -hmm. As you've mentioned before, you get to show up in the ways that feel best for you. And so there have been some months where the theme... Is not necessarily something I feel like I'm working through. And I appreciate having the space to go. I I don't need to show up to these calls for this month. But then there are other months (laughs) where, you know, the synchronicity of like this exact wound that I'm dealing with and this exact theme are really in sync. During those months, the prompts are kind of what show up day to day, just in helping to to create awareness and a little bit of separation. A few days ago we just had a an alchemy call and it was just so aligned with a very particular wound <laughs> that I have been dealing with for just about a year and it just really helped me to to develop an awareness of oh oh my goodness this is a pattern. Here's how the pattern normally goes. There's the external stimuli, I'm triggered, I respond like this and then I calm down and go about my day. And so it helps me just to crystallize, okay, well, how can we change our response? (laughs) You know, let's start there. How can we just be a little bit slower to the reaction? That's mostly how it shows up in the day-to-day. It helps with awareness, period. It helps with awareness.
0: I love that. I love that. And the episode you're appearing on is about some of the myths that we have around self-growth. And I think you're addressing one of the ones that I talk about, which is, Sometimes we think that the result of self-growth um, and healing are these like really big moments, right? Like getting a job or I don't know, something shifting huge in your life. And it's mm-hmm. it's actually in the really small moments in those moments of awareness or where we can recognize a pattern or we can just respond just a little bit differently. And those little small moments are so, so huge. So thank you for naming that, my love. So the thing that I wanted to announce, so This is our year anniversary of the collective, and we're expanding our group coaching calls. So, we used to have three a month, now we're going to have five a month. We've added two bonus calls to help support our community. And one of those calls is for our caretaker community, which is people who are taking care of kiddos and parents and disabled folks. And we're also adding a call for the BIPOC community, which I am so excited about. And Athena is going to be our leader, our facilitator of that space. And I'm so, so excited. Athena, what are you most excited about about this beautiful addition to our community, our BIPOC space? I appreciate the addition because
1: it feels like a even smaller cocoon <laughs> in this bigger cocoon of space holding. So, I'm really excited for these calls because I think it's going to give us those in the collective who identify as BIPOC, it's going to give us a space to go deeper into these themes. So during the the live calls, the three that already exist, we have that space to go in. But when we're in a group where, number one, we don't necessarily have to translate ourselves for a white audience, am I allowed to say that?
0: Yeah, you can. you can say white people, Athena, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad word. <laughs> it's not a bad word. It's a descriptor. No, I get it. Yeah. There's no yeah. code switching, no translating. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. What yeah, else are so we don't? To? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't have to necessarily translate for an external audience. And also there's something, I mean, there's just something about being in space with people of color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's intangible, but deeply felt. And it helps us to ask those questions that don't always get addressed in a more general audience. That's what I'm really excited for.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited for those reasons as well. And I think, so as we do in the collective, every month we have a theme and, you know, those themes. So let's say we're talking about self-compassion or boundaries. I mean, as a collective human experience, we all have our issues and wounds and beliefs around those things. But if you add the intersection and in the, the context of being right a person of color, right, those themes can be understood and talked about in a really different way. And I'm really excited about what this BIPOC space is going to do for our BIPOC community members, because I know we have such rich conversations within the greater collective. And we we are such a wonderful group of human beings in that group. But exactly as you said, there was that sense of safety in that shared experience and just knowing, OK, we are all people of color in this group. Let's get into it. I love it. And Athena, I'm so excited that you are part of the team. I'm so grateful for you, y'all. Athena is magic. So I'm just so excited. I'm so (laughs) Do go on. (laughs) I'm so excited about that. So finally, last question, Athena. Mm -hmm. If someone's listening and they're like, "Mm, I don't know, I think I want to join. I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. What would you tell someone who is thinking about maybe joining the collective? What would you say to them? I would say that
1: this is not something that needs to be made with your logical brain. This is not a decision that requires logic. I think really feel into it, drop into your body, into your instinct, and you know, ask the question, do I need space to be held for me mm. in this way? If the answer is yes, then I mean, you know where to go. The link is in the description, I assume. (laughs) It is.
0: It is in the description. It is Mm -hmm. in the description. Athena, thank you so, so much for sharing some of your insights and wisdom. I am so grateful for you. I really cannot express to you all how incredible the Alchemy Collective community is. And Athena is one of the beautiful lights in that group. And so thank you for sharing your thoughts. And I'm so grateful for you, love. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for creating this space. You're so welcome. All right. Thanks, Athena. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed that interview. As a reminder, the Alchemy Collective closes on September the 30th. If you want to find out more, you can head to wholehearted-coaching.com slash alchemy, or you can also head to the show notes. Before we head off, as always, let's do our closing practice, and I want you to think of one thing that you're reflecting on from today's episode, and we're going to take a deep breath in and out. We're going to hold the breath at the top, and I want you to reflect on that one thing, and then we'll breathe out together. So breathing in, holding the breath at the top and reflecting, and breathing out. Until next week, love, I'll talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe, or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.